November 12th. And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, it'll be today from the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 16. We'll see that faith is confidence in God that leads to obedience to God. True faith is based on what God says and is demonstrated in what we do. People with faith do things for God, and God does things for them. Faith is not a luxury. It is a necessity. It's for common people and not just great leaders. You see, we need faith for worshiping as well as for working and even walking and waiting and warring. In any area of life where you ignore faith, you'll end up sinning. Note that faith is founded on divine truth, that's God's promise, and is witnessed to by the Spirit in the heart. It has both objective and subjective aspects, and both are essential. It was D.L. Moody who said, Faith makes all things possible. Love makes all things easy. And now with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. November 12th, Hebrews chapter 11. Verses 1 through 16. What is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. God gave his approval to people in days of old because of their faith. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. God accepted Abel's offering to show that he was a righteous man. And although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us because of his faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. Suddenly he disappeared because God took him. But before he was taken up, he was approved as pleasing to God. So, you see, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that there is a God and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. It was by faith that Noah built an ark to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about something that had never happened before. By his faith he condemned the rest of the world and was made right in God's sight. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going, and even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in a tent. And so did Isaac and Jacob, to whom God gave the same promise. Abraham did this because he was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that Sarah, together with Abraham, was able to have a child, even though they were too old and Sarah was barren. Abraham believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man, Abraham, who was too old to have any children, a nation with so many people that, like the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. All these faithful ones died without receiving what God had promised them, but they saw it all from a distance 
and welcomed the promises of God. They agreed that they were no more than foreigners and nomads here on earth, and obviously people who talk like that are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had met the country they came from, they would have found a way to go back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a heavenly city for them. Because I believe that emphasis must, we must lay it out straight that you cannot serve God and mammon. You must make a choice. And I found that the harder the challenge is, the greater the response. Young people today want a challenge. They want something tough and hard, all right? Give your life to Christ. He'll challenge you. Because he says you must deny self and take up a cross. He says, I'm going to a place of execution. Come and go with me. Deny your own selfish ambitions and lust and turn to me and go to the cross with me. People should have been grateful to God, but instead they were now going to other gods. And we should be grateful to God for the blessings he's given us. But what do we find? We find that we're worshiping other gods, the gods of pleasure, the gods of lust and greed and hate, the gods of materialism, even the gods of war. And Joshua tells them that such a condition cannot continue. They must decide whether they want to serve the idols or to serve the living God. And he will not allow any neutrality. Neither does Jesus Christ. And Joshua said, you have to decide immediately now. Choose you this day, not tomorrow, this day, whom you're going to serve. And many of you are going to have to decide tonight. What is the number one priority in your life? Is the priority Christ? Or is the priority something else? Christ demands first place. There's no room on the throne of your heart for two gods. It's either Christ or it's the other God. And you found me I was dead inside 
stood with open arms But I ran away Cause I was scared of the pain that came with trust Oh, but I came running back Into your embrace Because I knew you'd still be Psalm 110, verses 1 through 7. This psalm is quoted in the New Testament more than any other psalm. It was quoted by Jesus in Matthew and Peter in the book of Acts. And the writer of Hebrews quoted it or alluded to it many times. It's about the Lord. Jesus focused on the real issue when he asked, If Messiah is David's son, how can Messiah be David's Lord? There's only one answer. Messiah must come as a man through the family of David. Messiah is both eternal God and man, divine and human. He is seated in the place of glory and authority. And the king, this is a picture of victory over Messiah's enemies. The final victory has not yet been won, but he still rules in the midst of his enemies. And we'll read about the judge. A day of wrath is coming when the Lord Jesus will deal with his enemies once and for all. If you know him as God's son and your high priest, obey him as your king, and seek to win others before he comes as judge. Psalm 110, verses 1 through 7, a psalm of David. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in honor at my right hand, 
until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. The Lord will extend your powerful dominion from Jerusalem. You will rule over your enemies. In that day of battle, your people will serve you willingly. Arrayed in holy garments, your vigor will be renewed each day like the morning dew. The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. The Lord stands at your right hand to protect you. He will strike down many kings in the day of his anger. He will punish the nations and fill them with their dead. He will shatter heads over the whole earth. But he himself will be refreshed from brooks along the way. He will be victorious. Proverbs 27, verse 14. If you shout a pleasant greeting to your neighbor too early in the morning, it will be counted as a curse.